0: Jay Baker, who happens to be a doctor in psychology, and remember, before you do anything else, push the button and let your friends, enemies, whoever it is, know that uh, Apostle Barry Cook is in the house, and Apostle uh, Dr. Barry Cook is in the house, and he is going to blow it up today. We're here to provoke you to and to find out how it is that you have been thinking, because since we're still telling it like it is you may want to change the way that you've been thinking about the kingdom of god and the things of god so without any further wasting of time because we only have a short while i want to bring on apostle barry cook come on my friend my brother
1: well dr baker it's so <laughs> my wonderful. Friend,
0: my friend. Uh-huh.
1: yeah it's wonderful to be with you again today and um I'm sure I know you have uh, many different programs and different subjects you're working on right now with different people, and um, but it's it's always good to talk about this subject of women, women in ministry and history of women involved in the church, and that's what we've been talking about yeah. since the beginning of this, and and we did start from Genesis. We've been over in Corinthians now uh, <laughs> over the last five or two, four, six, eight. Nine, ten, I don't know how many we've done. But, um, you know, it, it it's a series on this. And as I was saying to you right beforehand, people watch these often, and then they'll write me and say, so now tell me again, uh, you know, what what is that? And I always tell them, just go back and listen again and take notes and write stuff down because, you know, a lot of times people are so accustomed to accepting glass ceilings that have been over them that we form this place in our minds psychologically, where we just push that information out, because it's a painful subject, and we get little results, like a lot of people feel about racism. I mean, but you you can ignore it, but the problem's still there, you know, and a lot of people are so oblivious, like we always say, you know, they're like, no, I don't ever see it. I'm like, you're just looking through the a different lens, you're looking through your own lens around your set of people, but you're not looking on a broad base because it goes on, and it's not just black and whites as we talk about it, racism goes on on so many different levels. Okay, in the same manner, this issue of women and men. Now, let me say in the beginning that um, I think that men are needed, menly men, godly, menly men are needed in this hour as as, as 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 to do what they do, the example they're supposed to be to to the children and to leave the imprint of a father and of a male figure, even if it's not directly your father, because I've had so many mentors, even down in my youth, Sunday school teachers. I had this Sunday school teacher as a kid that was, I mean, made such an imprint to me. I've never forgot him. I remember his voice. I mean, I remember very little about that time in my life, but that's the kind of influence. My father was a great man, but it was all about business and work and, you know, and, you know, excelling and performing and going to sales seminars and blah, 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 even as a kid. Yeah, 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 you sent me to. Anyway, but, but he did. We had to go. It was like choices. You do chores, you go with the salesman, to Del Carnegie course, okay, I'll go Del Carnegie course. You know, I get to eat good and fall asleep. And anyway, but um, you know, <laughs> air conditioned room. But um, anyway, it was good. It was good. But the same thing with women. We have this issue that continues. We we have history that has been as we've looked at is clearly written about it, but it's oft overlooked. You know, we. It's easy to find documents, and they're not second, third hand, they're historical accounts, just as we've talked about through these, written by the people who scribed history, whether they were Christian or non-Christian or pagan or heathen, they pinned what was going on in the city and the region and this type of stuff. So there's so much information together. That's why so many pastors that don't understand vast information that exists out there, and they're just not afraid of everything, because a lot of guys are, oh, no, we don't read anything but this. Well, if it's Who's that by? I mean, it used to be a time where you'd pick the, the the plate the publisher of a book, and you'd say, "Oh, don't only get books by this place," you know, because that that's safe, you know, and stuff. And, and and there is a lot of crap out there and garbage out there, dung out there. It really is, because um, people say whatever their opinion is, and it's not based on scripture. And that's why I love going back through history. That's why I always talk about history. I mean. I mean, just like we're watching today, because we quit looking at history, we're going to repeat things that history clearly tells us don't do. And don't if you go this far, in, you know, in morality. Now watch this, because I'm going I'm to say something with this. But if you go this far with morality, always trying to govern everything about everybody, um, if you go this far, then you're going it's going to cause this problem. History shows us. Now, on the other hand, if you loosen up this much and you start sanctioning this and sanctioning this because you're being pressured to by a small minority which there's probably in the time to do this but i saw some <laughs> i read through some gallup polls the other day on uh, the percentage of americans and then the percentage of people that that um are say that now i'm going to go ahead and do this and not better i'm headed into this women thing but You know, there's five point. What is it? uh, The people in a 329.5 million Americans, right? Uh, Out of that, um, 7.1 percent say that they're uh, uh, open to um, gay, homosexual, trans things. Okay, that's much higher than it used to be. But now here's where it gets crazy. Okay, but two percent of those say they don't plan to stay that way. It's a phase they're going through. So that narrows it down to 5.1, and then it breaks it in half because the 5.1 is broken in half with ones that say they believe in it, 1.5 that believe in it, but um, they don't think others should be pushed to accept it because they realize, you know, it's their preferences. It's their, and so that leaves the other half that uh of that five percent that say that they believe everyone should be accepted and everything else so again we're dealing with numbers so myopic but now if we look up how many handicapped people there are and what they get in benefits versus what the other side is pushing that it really makes that kind of stuff look stupid i'm sorry but i'm just saying there is a role for men we can't identify women like, come on, we're not going to buy that stuff. That's 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 hogwash. It's not science and all that. I don't, like I always say, I don't care how you want to have sex. But I'm telling you, when it comes down to it, this is what, you know, is going to be the norm. And that's the way God creates. It's not just the way God creates. It's the way the whole cellular structure, I know I get on this, of the universe is created. And so we get down to this. We understand in everything, there's equal value. There's protons and there's neutrons. There's male, there's females. There's functions for these, but they work together to cohabitate the earth. And that's, see, I was headed somewhere. You thought I was lost, but I wasn't. My mind just running way around in a circle. I've been- <laughs> met-
0: You're lost. I, I, I've known you long enough to know that I'm following it. It's- yeah.
1: Yeah, and then we get back in this same issue with Paul. Now, Paul is talking about order in the same manner that Genesis speaks of God setting order in the universe, so also we see now that um, um, Paul is trying to set order in the book of Corinthians about things that are out of order. And I say this because, you know, whenever we talk about Genesis, we talk about I always in the in, in the first chapter of my book here, I'll just say it this way, I broke down like Proverbs eight, twenty-five through thirty, which talks about how that God prepared the heavens and then he created a circumference in 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 the atmosphere, in the middle of nothing. He said he saw it there, and then he created it, which is again fascinating because it shows the power of our imagination to pre-frame what our words and our spirit are going to, you know, comes out of our words and our spirit. But, and it says, you know, You
0: said you, said you put it in the front of your book uh, as if you've only written one book. Uh, yeah. Mission-Minded Leaders,
1: one. Chapter One. Yeah. It's Mission-Minded Leaders, Chapter One. Well, I was trying not to, I wasn't planning on going down this trail, but I just, it came to my mind because I was thinking, been thinking about things in the universe and how they apply to everyday life lately. I, how i occupy myself so anyway it says and then it says that of course he set the sand in its limits he gave the land its place he set the water and drew limits or boundaries is what it says boundaries and then it says he marked out the foundation he put the clouds in place he gave day and he gave night. He prepared the heavens because God's always a planner. And God had a plan for men and for women. And we, that's why the garden is so important when we understand that they were, that was our very first one, that they were called to have co-dominion. Let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Now, yes, Eve was made a certain way to facilitate certain natural functions in the earth. That doesn't hinder her um in intellectual circles or spheres that unless unless uh crazy men won't let her get an education, and then it's hindered, but it's not hindered because she's not able. You know, it's like people that try to say there's race deficiencies. You expose them to the same things, the same types of educational tools or or the best learning tool for for how they grew up, their environmental stimuli. And they're going to be just as smart as not, not smarter. I mean you know. Anyway, I mean, look how many rap artists are multimillionaires. And it, it ain't cause they're just brilliant. It's because they got. I mean, some of them are. But I'm just saying. You know, it, 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 there's certain things that all God put in the earth and he put inside of us. And if we tap into those with passion and sincerity, they're going to produce for us in the earth because God put stuff in us to produce. And the problem is, is there are a bunch of things that God made women to produce in the earth, but because there's been all these restrictions on them, the church and the body has been limited in receiving these. And them. And then like anything, like any new move of God, when people or women break into the scene, and that's what was happening in this portion of scripture, they were breaking into the scene and now they're sitting in church. I've been to churches where people were separated. I've been to churches in Guatemala and Mexico. I've been to churches in Egypt. I've been to churches in Africa. I've been to churches in, in Asia that the men and the women. I, and one time in Cairo, Egypt, I was in a church and there was this big wood wall between the men's side and the women. You couldn't even see them over there. I was like, good, good Lord. And I'm preaching on the pulpit, you know, looking at this side, looking at that side, looking at this side, like this is crazy. But I guess it's going to cause somebody to sin. And, and what they said was, uh, but, now listen to this. This is important because it ties back into this text. It's it, it, What this says, they said to me was, We have so many new converts that came out of open sex. So these guys are having trouble paying attention when they can see the other. We literally, that's that's how this started? I'm like, yeah. And he said, when we get enough mature Christians in here, and the place had probably 2,000 people, I'm thinking, good Lord. But that's what happens when a harvest comes. And you have to. You have to handle the harvest differently, you know, even. Paul was dealing with a custom thing. He was dealing with a chapter. He gets in these chapters. He begins to break down the different problems in each one. He begins to say, okay, this particular um, church, they're having trouble with this. This particular church, they're they're dealing with this, you know. and, And again, men and women at that point were, sitting on opposite sides. But listen, that wasn't the custom everywhere. And that's some of the stuff I I, I you you interrupt to tell me when you want to say, but I'm going to keep going. In those days, as you know, they had to keep rolling down this same thing. It was customary for the men to sit on one side, women to sit on the other. Women disrupted the meeting, calling out their husbands. These are things we talked about and disrupted the meetings, calling out their husbands with very questions. And, and the Bible says, you know, to submit to your own husband in the Lord. <laughs> so and that was another thing Paul was dealing with in this, in this text in Corinthians is the men were correcting women going, shut up could just shut up, sit down. And they weren't their own wives. Understand he was, He. I, I know we went through this in the other videos, how each chapter of Corinthians, he was correcting another or setting order in another part of the church. And so this is a continuance of what he's done throughout the book of Corinthians to bring an order to some. And, and listen, make no mind about it. Corinthians was a thriving place. The Bible says, Paul said, look, you guys fall short in no utterance gifts. Like you guys are, I mean, he's like, <laughs> and so he's trying to correct them in their prophecies. He's trying to correct them in their, t- they're not afraid. They're walking around the streets, talking to people in tongues, because, thinking that that's, you know, the, because they're spiritual. And he's like, you can't, you can't do that. You sound like a barbarian. That's what he told them. He said, you sound like a wild man to these people. They don't know what's going on. That's This is what turns up. This is when you do it. This is how you do it. This is what it's for. Unless there's an interpret, don't be running around doing that mess unless you're going to tell them what it means, you know? And, and even that, he was saying, look, that's, you know, I'd rather you do it when there's believers or if they come into the meeting, that's different because now they're on your turf. Now he says, you might speak and prophesy to him and the, the, the things of their heart will be revealed and they'll say, what is this? But they're not going to know those things if you speak in tongues. So, I mean, Paul was bringing direct and sincere correction. Um, I just had to look at the clock, see how I was doing there. <laughs> Hallelujah. So generally the women were not educated. And listen, this is a big factor because I'm saying, that was one of the deals they, they said in egypt. they said they said, right now, we just are al- our women are now allowed to get the same education men did and um and so so that's another problem and i I remember this portion of scripture came open to me when the guy was talking to me, you know, and he's telling me these things because I'm realizing, while well, this is now, how much more so? They had to deal with all this stuff back there with Paul. I mean, I was thinking he's trying to manage all these issues coming up with this growing church and ministry. And these are new problems because the Jews just said, you either in, you're out. You do, you're not due. You either bring sacrifices, you're not. You're either part of this group or this group. You bring this, this, this everything was all orderly and not what not by the spirit so jesus of course had broken that middle wall down hallelujah between men and women and he's not talking about women praying or prophesying as we talked about singing or speaking because we see that in other in other parts of the scripture he's exhorting them to do it and how to do it now one of the sources I was reading this afternoon, just uh, just thinking about this, was an old Haley's Bible handbook. I don't know if you remember that. I mean, it's an old one. And I just thought, mm, I haven't looked in this in a while. Let me see what's going on. And, and round up page 596, 597, it said this. It was customary in Greek and Eastern cities for women to cover their heads in public, except of immoral character. Corinth was full of temple prostitutes. Understand. I mean, Paul reaped a harvest out of the goddess of Diana. That's why they were so mad. That's why it was an uproar, you know, there in the city. They burned the idols, they burned sorcery books. I mean, they had book burnings. I mean, they, remember the main source, the, the Alexander the coppersmith, when we first came there, stood against him. Nobody stood with him. He, you know, I mean, Paul fought to get a breakthrough in this city. <laughs> I see. I'm doing good here. So there he goes. So the, some of the Christian women were taking advantage of their newfound liberty in Christ. This is what he says. They were making they were making bold to lay aside their veils in church meetings. Reminds me of, of what in the news. When do you, you see the news here recently? Where those um, um, uh, Middle Eastern girls took off their veils and defied out in the streets. Of course, they got killed in the streets too. But they they knew they were going to be sacrificed. But they were doing it for the sake of the women in their future and their next generations. And I'm like, they're being martyrs for good versus being martyr for bad. But it's up in their, it's up in them to you give blood for it if you believe in it. <laughs> good God, what's that? Oh, you just amen? And I thought you were about to talk. I mean, that's just heavy. You should look that up and watch it because there's a lot of video out there for it. But 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 um, and that's what it takes. They got to stand for. it. People don't understand. That's why they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony, and loving not their lives even unto death. You got to put your blood where your mouth is, as they say. And that sounds like something a martyr would say. Oh, wait, that's right. We're to, we're to be witnesses. The word witness means martyr. But listen, I'm not pushing for being stupid, crazy, or whatever. But I mean, because but I'm just saying. Uh, These are real elements. These were real facts. Those countries still today are dealing with some of these things. We're over here just taking for granted. People are dying still for not wearing a stinking veil out in public. I mean, what the heck? You know, and like that's really making them any more holy or not. I mean, it's just outward adornment. But anyway, they were told not to defy public opinion um, as to what was considered proper in a feminine decorum denominations sometimes enforce silence, you know, uh, for women in churches, but yet they'll let the women sing or or teach Bible studies or prayer meetings or whatever the case, you know, such a contradiction, and it it stands against what Paul has been teaching in Timothy and Corinthians, if you look at the whole books, you know, and you look at all the acknowledgments in all the books, as we've talked about, where he acknowledged the, the, the leaders, the pastor, the women that were pastoring, the minister that were elders, the women that were elders, the women that were apostles, the women that were prophets, the women that were, you know, serving and carrying the churches among them and organizing meetings. And I mean, he exhorted them throughout all of the epistles. I mean, you've got to be already made up with a bias not to see it, because if you take that lens off and look at it through fresh eyes, you see while wow, it's in there. But then we've got to get out of us what has been pounded into us that is set on our identity. And I think I'm going to stop here, even though I didn't finish that quote. I feel the spirit of God in these last couple of minutes. But, you know, and, and that is, that's the tool of the enemy is to relabel us, no matter what it is, to relabel us, to label us something different than what God has called us, to to, and that's where we have to come back to it constantly. Who does God say I am? People think that's stupid and elementary. But listen, when you're when you're drawing in, and especially in those early days of regetting an identity, you've got to continue to remind yourself that and even when your other nature flares up, you've got to continue. To, to usurp that, take that prophetic image and put it over the top of it and continue to pull in the spirit of God in those There, I mean, that God is in the changing business. And I mean, this is what I, I don't like about a lot of the memes run around. You know, if anybody ever does this, then don't you ever trust them again. You know, good thing nobody ever did that with you, whoever you are. I'm just saying, whoever put that out there. I mean, and then people say, misquote that text all the time. Well, can a leopard really change it? spot he's saying you can't do it without god you know i mean he also says something else in that same text but everybody says you know can, can, a, black, can a black person changes the color of his skin so he says in that same text but everybody leaves that part out because it's kind of controversy and i guess michael jackson gave it a good try but anyway that's on and i digress so but <laughs> you know the labels, the mislabels, can you, Can you? I know it's. we're in the closing minutes, but will you take that back and talk about that? I know you deal with that often in, in the mislabelings and what the damage does to people's lives.
0: You know, uh, uh, I, I'm just so, I mean, I'm, I was just engrossed in what it was and what it is that you're saying. You know, one of the things of it is, is this, it's just like the word Christian. God never called us a Christian. Never, ever, ever called us that. But someone else called us that. We took that label and then we moved in it. And then it created an identity that women were this and men were this. And we're, I mean, that women can't do this. A Christian woman can't do this. And see, this is what it is that the adversary did. You know, you use the word racism. Uh, I don't don't use that word because I think the devil is the only racist. There's bigotry, prejudice. There's all of that but everybody's made out of that one blood. And that's a that's a separate type thing. And we're going to talk, that's going to be one of our next subjects. You and I are going to talk about this because we love each other and we know that we can talk about it. People are afraid to talk about it, but we ain't afraid of nothing. That's why we still telling it like it is. So I just want to uh, let people know that that's, that's one of the places that we're going to go. But in this, what happens is this. It's the same thing that happens when people are are kept. Uh, you know, they let you know. Here's who you are. You're not that. You're not good. You're not this. You're not this. And what has happened to the majority of women, even though they they, they say a lot of things, is is that they will not move. They try to to come up with saying uh, 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 coming into their identity in a way that they're trying to act like men. I am comfortable in who it is that I am. I'm a son of God, okay? Who happens to be in this female body? I'm a, I'm an apostle. I walked as a prophet. I did all of these things, and my gender had nothing to do with it. If my breast and 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 my other private part, if that is what it is that you're looking at in the pulpit, you got a problem you got a real problem if that is what identifies. And so I love the way that you're opening this up. I love what it is that you're doing. Uh, You know, it's bringing these things. It's putting it in your face. Either you go deal with it or you're not. And so uh, we got about two more minutes and you finish up and then just give me 40 seconds and then I'll tell them we're coming back.
1: Okay. 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 Then I'll do the last part. You know, the last part of that text, Paul says, but they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law. And, and I, I didn't until I years, years back, I actually heard an expositor speaking on this. And he was saying the problem with the interpretation of this text was that it was said in like sarc, in sarcasm. And then he went through different things Paul said that were sarcastic. And, and then he went through different, um, different writers who had quoted this, uh, who were, now I, I'm going to say this because they were, um, you know, uh, different rabbis. Now, why would a rabbi have to do the New Testament? Because he's saying that this was a quote from the law. So you have to understand. So then the rabbis would comment on the text and say, yes, but this is out of sarcasm. He's not taking up for the law. He's being sarcastic saying, well, then they better be under obedience because that's what the law says since we're all legalists now. And you would say, Paul wouldn't say this. And one of my favorite texts that I like to bring to make this point is out of Galatians 2 or 3 when he's talking about the struggle between people that are wanting everybody to follow the law versus the, and he goes, and those that keep arguing about circumcision, I just wish they'd cut Uh themselves and he's like, and, and I love what Paul will say that statement about, and I digress. You know, he'll say, well, never mind, that was me, not the Lord. You know, he's like, that's sorry. <laughs> sorry you know, that was me, not the Lord. You know, I and, and so I, I want to mm-hmm. talk about that. I'm going to start on this in the next one. And I want to just talk a little bit more, and I'm going to get a couple thoughts, you know, down in this. And I really want to, I know I spent some time here today talking on other things, but I just wanted to move around it in a frame again to kick out the little bugs and squish some roaches that um, seem to run around the subjects.
0: Well, I'm excited all the roaches and rats and all those things are gone, but Apostle Barry and I will be back still telling it like it is next week. If we've been uh, uh if it's helped you at all and you want to give into the ministry, there's the information, but we'll be back next week when we're still telling it like it is and remember, this is for grown people. It is not for little babies. You got to eat it. And chew it. Bye bye. <laughs>